The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. My family thinks I'm crazy. Podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I got them in a shade. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, just tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Find a flyer, a wanted ad of sorts, and a phone number to call. Unlike most wanted ads, they're not recruiting just anyone. This ad is looking for anyone who's experienced strange, unusual, or paranormal phenomena. Would you call this number? Have you already called it? Maybe in another timeline? Perhaps in this one? Today's guests Kyle and Steve have, which spurred a plunge into a deep rabbit hole and a step further into a world they have thoroughly combed through on their Hollow Sky podcast. I'm Mystic Mark. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with Kyle and Steve. It just kind of spiraled out of control from there. One thing I want to touch on is the the bizarre, like verbiage of the flyer it almost seems like they're reaching out toward people who are dealing with like schizophrenia if you like look at the look at some of the symptoms of schizophrenia like hearing the voices and all that all that kind of stuff it kind of is almost like it's it's touching in that realm another thing about the flyer is that it was found by someone in a private subdivision I think it was around Austin or Houston. Somebody was going door to door and noticed this flyer taped to an electrical outlet or an electrical box. So they posted it on Reddit. And then of course it kind of took off on Reddit. So that is the only the only trace of the flyer that I could ever find or come across was this one single instance of this flyer posted in this community in Texas. This particular flyer says strange see something say something if you remember things differently from how it was have ever found repeating numbers or words have ever experienced deja vu or miracles know the existence of any greater entity have good bad or any luck of any kind hear voices that will never be real 
see things that should not be, have a distrust of mirrors, or are drawn to caverns, please contact, and then it leaves a number. So I call the number, and it goes to a voicemail, which is absolutely bizarre in its own right. I think I may have a recording of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Joining us today on the show are two gentlemen behind the Hollow Sky podcast. That's right, we've got Kyle and Steve here to talk about all things weird, alien, paranormal, and beyond. So without further ado, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell our listeners who may not be familiar with you yet about your podcast and a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're the Hollow Sky Podcast. We just kind of put our show together to give people a platform to come and talk about their weird experience, kind of give them a place to get it off their chest. A lot of the paranormal is still taboo. So we just figured we put it together and have people come on, share their experiences, and just kind of give them a place to hang out. And it's gaining traction and building a great community behind it. Yeah. And, and we also, we also deep dive into topics ourselves and kind of give our, our, our take on them. And a, a lot of our takes are very different from the majority of, I guess, hosts and other people, which kind of makes it a little bit unique. And it's just, you know, we're, we're almost down for whatever, or we're currently looking into getting out of the field and doing our own investigations and seeing where that craziness takes us. I love it, man. Yeah. And, you know, to your credit, you guys have covered so many topics on your show. We're at about the same. You guys are, I think, in your 150s. I'm almost there at uh, 140 something this episode will be. But you guys have covered so many unique stories that, A, I couldn't find anywhere else in some cases because it sounds like uh, a couple of these get sent to you directly, which is always cool to see. And then also, you know, you guys are going into the archives and even on a more recent episode, digging up some CIA documents, which maybe we can get into a little later on. But before we get into that, what inspired this podcast? How did it 
come together and have you guys known each other for a long time? Did this kind of come together with your friendship or because it sounds listening to the show like you guys have known each other for a while. Oh, yeah, we've known each other for a really long time. And I mean, dude, ever since I've known Steve, we've always talked about the paranormal and it's just all it's always been at the forefront of our minds. And and like my wife was the first one to point it out. She's like, you guys, the way you communicate with each other, you could talk about anything and I would be compelled to listen. It's just the way you guys are able to carry on a conversation. And I, I think I started listening to Joe Rogan. I, I, I really started to appreciate the podcast platform. And I mentioned to Steve, I'm like, you know what, man, we should start a podcast and just talk about weird shit as much as we can because we love doing it anyway. So it's, it's a win-win for us. We get it. We get to hang out and we get to explore the paranormal. And it's just kind of ironic because that's what it started out as. And now the further we get into this, the more it is starting to craft and mold our perception on life itself, reality, consciousness, the whole nine, like it, it is taking us to, unfamiliar territories like beyond where we even thought it, it could possibly go and that's one thing that i love about ourselves here is that like we have a, a tight discord community and just with the listeners like everyone that tunes in has the ability to contact us put their two cents in we had people when we were looking into egress industries we had people all over the internet trying to help us find them people. So the listeners are not only just listening to us as entertainment, but they have the option if they choose to actually participate in our journey as well. I love that. And that's, you know, a big reason why I named my show the way I did, because I knew that this experience I was having was relatable. You know, the, the name of my show is is a true statement as much as it is a catchy podcast title, <laughs> because I think when you get into this stuff, you you realize like, oh, wow, there's fewer and fewer people to talk about this stuff with. So it's really awesome to hear that not only have you guys found that in, you know, your friendship with each other, but also with this community of, you know, the way I've talked about it is like crowdsourcing. We're kind of like crowdsourcing this research and you're absolutely right. It's this consensual thing where, you know, in a lot of cases, these guys come out of the woodwork, females too, who drop some facts on you that are like, whoa, where are you? How come you don't have your own podcast? You know, and it's it's so cool that these people are 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 in the woodwork, you know, digging this stuff up. Egress Industries, that's another one I definitely don't want to forget to double back on because I know you mentioned that in your notes. But before we go any further... You know, Kyle, Steve, have you guys had any, you know, strange or paranormal experiences yourselves that maybe, you know, caused or provoked a fascination in this type of stuff? Or or was it more similar to my story where I just kind of found this stuff just because I was an odd kid myself and liked reading odd stuff? I think it was sort of a combination for both with us. We grew up loving all the weird stuff, X-Files and reading like weekly world news magazines and checking out all the cryptozoology books at the library and just, just absorbing that whole culture. And then as we got older, we started having experiences of our own. And for Kyle, it started out pretty early. Yeah. 
but me personally, I don't have very many encounters myself. So I'm kind of just trying to figure things out as I go. But my son actually has some weird encounters. So that's kind of my driving force to try to figure out what is going on. And yeah, that's kind of a crazy thing. Absolutely. We know kids are definitely sort of in that liminal space between, you know, before birth and and the waking living life, right? Is it something that he carried or him or her carried with them through uh, past life experience? Or is it just the typical strangeness of, of, you know, what kids can perceive that we adults seem to have, you know, dulled our senses towards? I... I'm not sure to be completely honest. It was the first thing that stood out. This is my youngest son. We were him and him and or me and his mom are divorced, right? So I picked them up and I was bringing them to my home and he was probably three years old or so. And he was asleep in the back of my car. So I go and I get him out of his car seat and I hold him over my shoulder. Cause he's, he's out of it. And as I'm bringing him in to my home, this, this is another good part. My, my front yard is a cemetery. Right. So like you, you have my front yard, you have our street and then there's this huge cemetery. So as I'm bringing him in, I have my back to the cemetery and his head is on my shoulder facing it. Well, he starts losing his mind. He's just, he's just crying out, get me in the house, get in the house, please lock the door. He says there's green skeletons in the cemetery. So I just write it off as him being half asleep or whatever and get him inside. So I go getting ready to go carry in the rest of the groceries out of the car and he wants me to lock the door. He is dead set that whatever's in this cemetery is going to harm us, especially me. He just will not let me go out the door. So that was the first encounter. He's just, just absolutely terrified. Not too much longer than that. I'm asleep in my bedroom and he wakes me up. And mind you, he's still, he's young, three or four years old. And he comes in, he's like, dad, don't let them take me. And I'm like, don't, don't let who take you? And he's like, the green man. And I'm like, well, first off, nobody's going to take you, bud. And he's like, yeah, they are. He's like, they're going to, they're going to take me again. I'm like, take you again. I'm like, take you where? And he goes to where the bad Power Rangers are. And in my mind, I don't know what Power Rangers are. So I'm like, where, where are the bad Power Rangers, buddy? And he's like, in a spaceship. And then, then I'm like, oh, no, not this. Oh, man. Damn. Like his little brain putting just trying to make sense of what is going on tying it to something that he knows and i'm like oh man yeah and it's i live in the house that i grew up in my parents moved out and i bought the house and there was other strange occurrences that had happened there with my mom that kind of ties in to the same the same vein which makes me wonder if it's if it's like tied to my family or if it's tied Mm. to the geographical location and that is that is something I wanted to get into with you guys because often this comes up at least in conversations I've had the magic or the energy of certain places without you know totally outing yourselves do you guys live in a particular area that's you know has a reputation for this sort of energy not that we knew of at the time but now since we started the podcast and it really started off local and more and more people have been reaching out and sharing stories with us. It makes me wonder like maybe there is something to this general area. Cause we're really just in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And 
more and more people are reaching out and some of the stories are kind of intertwining themselves with other, other experiences. And it, it definitely seems to be going that route that maybe there's something more going on in our location than we knew before. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, mounds undoubtedly you i'm sure you're aware of you've done episodes on giants and whatnot but that's very much the case where i'm at where you, you sort of get the sense that maybe there's a sort of uh, residual energy from you know at least in new england where i'm at there's a lot of talk about the witch trials and all of that and of course there's a lot of famous horror movies that were made in this area but i think that more often than not has more to do with what was going on with the Native Americans, the indigenous people that were here, and the spiritual aspects, maybe even the darker spiritual aspects of their culture. And, I don't know, the hermetic, we'll say, qualities of the colonial people themselves, because, you know, people talk about all the Puritans and whatnot, but there's a lot of secret societies and strange religious groups made their way through America as they expanded West. You know, the Mormons are a big example of that, but there are countless other examples. I'm sure, you know, if you're not familiar, you ought to check out what's going on in in Kentucky. I just had a conversation with Nathan Isaac from the Penny Royal, but if anything, that might give you uh, a little bit of a a clue into what's possible in the Midwest. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't definitely, you know, throw rural Illinois out as an interesting case file, but is there anything local that you guys have found that maybe indicates this energy reaching out to you guys? I think that's kind of what's happened with the Penny Royal, at least I don't want to speak too much for them, but. I feel like, it's possible because I, I do listen to Penny Royal. It's kind of a hit and miss where I, I tune in and then I tune out for a little bit, but from what, especially in the second season, I, he almost word for word quotes like some of me and Steve's off air conversations. So it's really bizarre to hear someone have these, these same thought patterns and right experiences that we're kind of going through because like I said, like when we first started, we just kind of like, where do we just looked at it from a, a hangout perspective? And then for me personally, I don't, I don't know where Steve's at on this, but for me personally, like my view started to change after egress. And I started to feel like, cause I, I even mentioned it to Steve and I said it on a couple podcasts and I still feel crazy when I say it. I'm like, dude, I feel like we're like, something's guiding us. And I feel like if, if you pay attention to the the signs out there, you know, you're going to find the path. You're going to start finding the things that you're actually looking for, but you have to pay attention. Right. Right. And this, just this psychic quest almost, man, it is, it has really been bizarre and it's happening all over again currently. And it's just, we, we recognize it a little bit easier and faster now because, you know, there's things that we look into and if had, had we not looked into a topic prior six months prior, we never would have been able to, to draw that correlation to it and be like, man, is it possible that these two are, are related? And then we just, 
we just had a call in that just directly links to what we're, and it's just, it's all, it's all just crazy. Like it, it sounds crazy when you really start to chew on it because you, and then your rational mind tries to kick in and you try to explain it in a way, but you can't, mm. but you're just, you get in that real confused state, you know, and I don't know. It's just really bizarre. Agreed. Agreed. So take us back, if you will, to when Egress Industries first came on your radar. Oh, that's all Steve. Oh, man. <laughs> so let me think. It would have been probably the summer of 2020, right? We're, we're still getting our stuff together, and I'm on Reddit looking for topics to cover. And I come across these dream surveys, which I've seen a couple YouTube videos on them and kind of piqued my interest. And one of them being the Willamette Valley dream survey and also the Happy Valley dream survey. So I'm like, all right, we could do a show on these. These these kind of are picking up steam on YouTube. That'd be an interesting thing to dive into. So as I'm searching up these flyers, I come across a third one that I hadn't heard anyone talk about. And it was an Egress Industries flyer. And I'm like, all right, this is bizarre. And I will pull up the flyer real quick and read it off to you. So this particular flyer says, strange, see something, say something. If you remember things differently from how it was, have ever found repeating numbers or words, have ever experienced deja vu or miracles, know the existence of any greater entity, have good, bad, or any luck of any kind, hear voices that will never be real, see things that should not be, have a distrust of mirrors or are drawn to caverns, please contact. And then it leaves a number. So I'm like, that's bizarre, <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> Piqued my interest. So I did what any normal human being would do. And I bought a burner phone and I'm like, all right, we're going to call these numbers live on the show and see what happens. So I call the number and it goes to a voicemail, which is absolutely bizarre in its own right. I think I may have a recording of it. I'm not sure how I could get it to you, but it's, it's talking about leaving, leaving your encounters and talks about agents getting back to you and you could possibly be selected and all of this other, this other weird stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is wild. So I kind of throw this story together and I leave a voicemail. Fully not expecting anything back. And you, and to know real quick, you left voicemails on the other ones as well. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I called all three flyers on on that particular episode of our show, right. and lo and behold, we end up getting a message back from this number on the flyer, and they talk about they drop their name, Egress Industries. And it just kind of spiraled out of control from there. One thing I want to touch on is the the bizarre like verbiage of the flyer. It almost seems like they're reaching out toward people who are dealing with like schizophrenia. If you like look at the look at some of the symptoms of schizophrenia, like hearing the voices and all that, all that kind of stuff, it kind of is almost like it's it's touching in that realm. Another thing about the flyer is that it was found by someone in a private subdivision. I think it was around Austin or Houston. Somebody was going door to door and noticed this flyer taped to an electrical outlet or an electrical box. So they posted it on Reddit. And then, of course, it kind of took off on Reddit. 
So that is the only, the only trace of the flyer that I could ever find or come across was this one single instance of this flyer posted in this community in Texas. So in my, the more I got to thinking about it, the more I'm like, man, maybe they were singling out or targeting one certain specific person in this community to try to get their attention to respond to this flyer. On to the uh, communication, the number that I called started to text me on my burner phone. Oh. Yeah. So it said we, the first communication from them said, we would like to thank you for contacting Egress Industries. We would like to hear about your strange occurrences and how you found us. So of course I responded, I'm just like a flyer. So tell me more about Egress Industries. They said, Egress Industries is in search of interesting occurrences to research and understand. We're just a curious team. And so I'm like, well, how does one become a member of this team? And why the infatuation with mirrors and caverns? I have a lot of questions if you wouldn't mind answering them. And they respond, Egress Industries holds selections at, a cert or at certain times. If participants exceed our expectations, they may be asked to join our team. We are currently not accepting or selecting. I said, okay, I understand. I found your number on a flyer posted near Austin. It inquired about a number of odd things, distrust in mirrors, drawn to caverns and such. And they say, have you experienced any sort of sus suspicious or unusual occurrences or anything else that you would like to report to us? So I put together this text message where I said, I've been experiencing increasing amounts of deja vu, almost to the point to where I can quote what I will say what will happen next. I've also been having an odd glitch or odd glitch type experiences. For example, I'll pass by a specific vehicle and then miles down the road, I'll pass the exact same vehicle. Just trying to get their uh, attention, so to speak. And then they replied back, we believe that you're some sort of rift jewel anchor. Have you noticed any major changes in reality? First thing that stood out to me on that was the term rift jewel anchor. I've never heard <laughs> yeah. that really anywhere. Sounds like, you know, a term like rift in time. I mean, sort of a no-brainer, right? Is that where you guys went with it? Rift jewel? Yeah, that's where I was, like a, like a rift in reality or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, that's that's pretty wild. So I asked them if they could explain rift jewel anchor for me. And they said, we believe that strange unexplained events revolve around you, that you either seek the unknown or the unknown seeks you. This is an anchor. We believe that a rift jewel anchor would have connections to space or time in some capacity. See, now what also, and I want you to keep going, but I just want to point out rift jewel and ritual, like as if there was some sort of ritual that took place in order to take uh, reality and cause a rift in it, you know? That's where my mind goes with that. And then also Austin is a strange place for that flyer considering the city seal has this sort of illumination lamp in the uh, seal. I, I was digging into weird Austin stuff, and uh, there's a few weird things. Not much, though. It, that's an avenue we never really took was to dig into Austin. Actually, that's a good, yeah. that is a good avenue for us to take. Cause I never really thought about it because the number that's associated with the uh, flyer is in Tennessee. It's in Tennessee. It's a Tennessee number that was tied to a flyer in Austin. Very strange. The other odd thing about Austin is that 
some of Alistair Crowley's books are published by an OTO group out of Austin, Texas, which was the other reason why my you know lens went over to Austin for a little bit because I noticed that on on a pack of tarot card decks. I'm like, what? What Austin, Texas? You know, because there's this whole thing. Rogan's moving to Texas. Uh, that's initially when I looked into it, but but yeah, wow. That's, that's actually really fucking bizarre. You say that, <laughs> yeah, that's, because it's it, we didn't know that. We had no idea about the Crowley connection to it because oh, yeah. we had a conversation. We had a conversation with another podcaster, and it took this very Crowley turn, and it got to the point where we didn't know who to trust. Right. Yeah. And like they're in the conversation with this other podcaster, it more or less has direct ties to Kentucky. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. We're not, we won't mention his name because he asked to not be tied to the egress stuff anymore. He said he's stepping away from it and we respect that wholeheartedly, but I get a message from someone on Reddit saying, Hey, get a hold of this other content creator. He's been looking into egress and he's having some weird shit go on. He just happened to be in Kentucky and he had looked into the flyers before the Willamette in the happy Valley and egress. And while he was in Kentucky, mind you, he started getting text messages from the egress number. And he tells us that they're giving him like oddly, like scarily specific information about him, where he works, his, his home address, all kinds of, of weird, weird stuff. So I'm like, all right, we got to get this guy on the show. So this podcaster comes on and we're doing an interview with him. We're just kind of spitballing things about egress. And all of a sudden he's like, you guys are going to want to stop the recording for this. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I just got a message from the egress number. And all it says is tell Hollis guy. Hello. Oh my God. It, it just like, it just drained the life out of me when that happened because we're not even live. We're just, we were just recording for a future episode and just doing our normal thing. So I have him, he starts, he's messaging them back and forth. And I, I sort of reference our location. Yeah. I sort of go off and, and ask, have this podcaster ask it a question. And then it refers directly back to me. It says it's beyond comprehension, Stephen. Ordinary morality is only for ordinary people. And I'm like, all right. So I start inquiring with the other podcaster. I'm like, what else about your interactions with this number? Do we need to know? And he states that this thing would end its messages with Crowley quotes, which, which is bizarre. It had never done that to me up to this point. So after they said, tell Hollis guy, hello, he responds with, why would you say that? And they respond, science is always discovering odd scraps of magical wisdom and making a tremendous fuss about its cleverness, which I think is also a Crowley. So yeah, at that point I have ask him like, what's the deal with all the Crowleyness? And then it, that's when it responded to me specifically. It's beyond comprehension, Stephen. Ordinary morality is only for ordinary people. Then it says, the falsehood is invariably the child of fear in one form or another. And it gives us a set of coordinates. And it said, good night, boys. The Illinois skies are dark tonight. End. Oh, so, essentially talking about 
Like it, it knows where we're at. And I, I, I do remember that night very well. And when I went outside to have a cigarette, the Illinois skies were cloudy. There wasn't a moon that night. It's, it just like kind of pulled the life out of us. Like, holy crap. Like what is going I, on? I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And I'm going to just say this right now so I don't forget to edit it out. But you did mention the guy's name. So I'll go ahead and bleep Thank that you. part oh, out. Um, Good call. Just his you. first name. But yeah, I'll definitely bleep that out. If I don't say it, I might forget. So I'll definitely see myself pointing this out. But let's get, I mean, wow, I, I didn't, I'm sure that that story probably wasn't on the top of the the list of things to get into. But that's just how things work when you're talking synchronistic synchro mysticism you know when when we get together and we start exchanging ideas sometimes these sort of thoughts come to our minds and and it's like hmm i i should just mention this even though it might not be a part of like my prepared questions and here we go so yeah egress industries i mean it sounds to me like some sort of holdover from the days of you know project uh, bluebird and all of these different hypnosis you know ventures into mind control or even you know astral projection and remote viewing have you has that thought ever crossed your mind that you're like dealing with maybe some sort of corporate version of like a government you know deep state program hundred <laughs> percent i mean our like literally our like so the way me and steve went about this is we went down every single avenue we could possibly think of. Like we started out with, okay, is, is said podcaster messing with us? Because his, the conversation we, we had with him, it was completely different than what was Steve was having with Egress. Completely different. So we're like, okay, is it possible that said podcaster is trying to create a bigger story. We also looked at it from an ARG type angle because Steve knew about ARGs. I had no idea about them, but we went down that rabbit hole as far as we could possibly go. And so we start ruling that out. Uh, is it possible some other entity out there say a new and upcoming podcast is putting something like this out there to get strange phone calls, voicemails to kick off their show? Well, if you really think about it, they're going to have to get t- some type of consent form to use that, those recordings, because people are kind of doing it unknowingly. And we just, we went down every single avenue we could take. And the more, the more you look into it, the more you dive, you end up with more questions. I strongly believe that it is, like you said, at least a corporate version of some type of secret program. Because it's just the way they interact with us and then the way they just basically, as like to quote Steve here, uh, they left us on red. They just dropped us like we were nothing. And now, no matter how hard we try, we cannot get their attention again. So, and the Steve is a, Steve's literally an internet sleuth. Like he dig, he finds the craziest shit out there and he has not found anything new out there in regards to egress, like nobody, nobody else is talking about it. The, if it was an ARG, the game's not getting bigger. You know, it, like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's only a handful of podcasts that, <laughs> that have even talked about it. And that's the only thing you can find. It's just, 
it is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. So after I uh, had that Rift Jewel anchor text, I text them back. I'm like, is this anything I should be concerned with? Should I document my occurrences that I'm having or what, how should I go about this? And they say, we would appreciate ongoing communication as long as there are experiences that you're willing to report. If you reach a higher level of trust within egress industries, we may become able to share otherwise classified information for your own discretion. So that sounds pretty like awesome government <laughs> conspiracy kind of thing going on there. And this is about the time that we contacted the other podcasters. Hadn't heard anything f- from them for a while. So I kind of asked, I just asked him, I'm like, did you, did, did you have anything like, did anything come up here recently? Were you, were you like listening in on our show essentially without what I was beating around the bush for? And they responded, Egress Industries has not yet had a representative to join you for your broadcast, nor communicate to anyone during your broadcast. It was not us joining you at your table, but instead a charlatan and an airsats that does not represent nor speak for Egress. Keep your eyes open and your ears clear. Hmm. So that's that's what started breeding all the like yeah, all questions, the, the different made us avenues. question everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't. I mean, it certainly feels like they have uh, a sort of like, you know, line that they're giving you, but at the same time that you can't, you can't like shake that or shrug that suspicion that they know exactly what you're talking about, even though it does seem like that's like a pretty, you know, convenient little statement for them to throw out, you know. But how would they, you know, I mean... Jeez, I don't know. It, yeah. it's, as a podcaster myself, it definitely makes me feel nervous. <laughs> That's that is an understatement. We for a while there, we were just like, "What are we doing?" Oh, I was what stressed. We, I was stressed to the max. Kyle was to the point where he was like, "We're not releasing the show. We're not yeah. putting anything out." It was just yeah, because you like you don't like people don't understand the feeling whenever we're sitting there and the dude tells us to cut the cut the feed, and then. All he says is, I got coordinates. They sent me coordinates. And I know Steve had the exact same thought as I did. You know, I, the first thing I thought about was my family. Yeah, it's coordinates to our house. But luckily it wasn't. It was. That was the first thought that popped into our head. Like, they know exactly where we are. Oh, dude. And that, and then from there, like, and then for me, they start quoting all the Aleister Crowley shit. And I start getting scared because, especially in, in ties to Kentucky and with like the hellier and all that stuff. And then the, the talks of the cults. And like I told Steve, I'm like, cause I mean, I was in a hyper stress state and I told Steve, I'm like, dude, at this point, if it is tied to Kentucky, it doesn't matter. We're going to be dealing with people who are talking to the devil or think they're talking to the devil, which neither one of them is a good outcome. <laughs> right. Like that's not exactly a fun place to be. <laughs> And it like, I don't know. And it was just, this was the first time something big hit our plate, you know, cause we had just been talking about these little podunk cases up until this point. I like talking about Bigfoot. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we just get sideswiped with, okay, now this is right in your lap. What are you going to do about it? Are you ready for this? Absolutely. And their, their course, their correspondence is just bizarre. Like they will text, they would text my burner phone every night at midnight on the money, on the dot. Without midnight. fail. 
like all the text messages are, I have military time. So it's zero, 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 zero. That's when they would respond. And it's the verbiage and the way that they, they text is bizarre. There's uh, no capital letters at the beginning of any, any of their sentences. And it's, it's just very specific. So after the keep your eyes open, I respond with, you know, I appreciate the transparency. We didn't intend to spread any false information. Like we're extremely curious as to your work and what you seek to accomplish. Hence why we're looking into it. If you would rather we pull the broadcast down, we can do that. Just let us know. Because if, if the whole thing with interviewing the other podcaster was a farce, we were just going to pull it because we don't want to put out any, any, false information on what we were looking into. So I was just like, yeah, we'll just pull it down. I need no big deal. And they responded back with, we appreciate your honorable willingness to reprimand yourself. Egress industry admires your broadcast and will will remember hollow sky. When the selection process begins, we would request that if you were to take action rather than destroy something false, create something truthful. So that at that point, they know that my burner phone is tried directly to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, because there was that point where we hadn't told them who we were at all, and they basically come out by name, and say and they say Hollis guy. And and at that point, we were still exceptionally small in our reach as a podcast. Like very, we weren't very far out of just like our our local community at that point, and they had narrowed down my burner phone to the podcast. So that kind of was terrifying at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine so. Wow. So outside of your experience directly with Egress Industries or what appears to be Egress Industries, what have you found uh, to detail what Egress actually does? I mean, have you come across anybody else that, outside of this other podcaster that have you know, experienced certain things with egress or, or even similar encounters with them at all? Once we started kind of talking about it, a lot of people started reaching out and had smaller interactions and correspondence with them, but I don't think it was anything too substantial, but like, it's, as far as we know, yeah, as far as we know. And it's, it seems like everybody's interaction was, was different. It's almost, yeah. Like, I don't even know how. Because, like, when we opened the Discord to it, it was like opening the floodgates because all these people you had found on Reddit and everything, they were coming over trying to help. Some people were just straight up texting and calling the number. You had other people looking into, like, all this different coding and just stuff that's just far beyond my comprehension. But we had people from all over coming out of the woodwork to try to help us. Yeah. Try to look up the number, track the number, which the number turned out to be a VOIP number, which is, I, I'm a, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it's just a number that you can essentially create via your computer to set up any kind of number you want from any specific area. Right. And after they talked about something false, something truthful, I kind of talked about the selection process and whatnot. And they responded back at this time, we are prohibited from providing certain information as it may interfere with the selection process, as well as potentially endangering Egress Industries. We ask you to transmit, transmit your current perception regarding the fraudulent theatrical performance of said podcaster 
from your last broadcast. We have no qualms with theories, but be purposeful, but with purposeful deceit. Failure to fulfill our wishes will lead to a respectful understanding felt by Egress Industries. So essentially, they were asking us to call out this other podcaster. And like that, like rereading this now, that the conversation we had with Table Guy. Remember when yeah, you, you put yeah. all that together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, I feel like that last that ending right there confirms our theory because we haven't been able to look at this because the burner phone's been dead forever. Yeah, but the fact that you're like rereading that, if you read that and put in line with like what we came to the conclusion is that because we didn't do what they asked, they essentially were going to pull the plug at some point. Yeah, for sure. Right? Don't you kind of feel yeah, that way absolutely. a little bit? Absolutely. And I think like Kyle hit the nail on the head. I think when we didn't release like some kind of mudslinging episode on this other podcaster, they pulled, they just pulled the rug out from under us, which I mean, that's not the kind of podcast that we are. We're not not out to make enemies or anything even close to that. We're here to talk about weird stuff, you know? Right. And it just, they stopped responding for a little bit. And then I, I asked, more about the selection product or the selection process and how to keep in contact. And they stated direct contact with this number is indubitably egress industries. The second most verified connection to egress would be an identification card. We would not suggest trusting any other sources. The selection progress process has begun synchronous synchronously with the start of this year. We asked to be notified and informed on all sources claiming to be affiliated with egress industries. I asked them how we would know if we've been selected. And they said, if you've been selected, you will know. Almost feels like, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. I was just going to, going to say, this is right before we went on uh, Tony Merkel's show, the confessionals, and we were going to do an episode on this. And I gave them the opportunity to give me information to put out there. I'm like, we're getting ready to go on a much larger platform. Is there anything you would like for us to convey? And they said, we implore you to express as you will, but we request that your transmission be honest. And I responded a little bit here and there. And I'm like, I'm just curious as to what Egress is and its purpose. We've never really went through that. And they said, Egress Industries has a vast network of communications and possesses a department of connections. Responding and transmitting messages is a component of what keeps us alive. We believe we've been contacted by followers of your broadcast, yet as of now, Hollow Sky has not been discussed. We are not one to disclose private information, especially information that is not our own. We were, if we were obligated to define our collective thoughts on Hollow Sky, as of now, we would reply an inquisitive ally. We request to view your messages of the fabricated happenings. At this point, the other podcaster was getting, or the other podcasters' listeners were getting messages from this same number, and it was giving out my full name, and I think it was giving touching on Kyle's name as well. So I, I essentially, before that text message, I called them out. I'm like, are you guys like using my personal information? Because if you are, we're going to have a real big issue real quick. And that's when they responded that it wasn't them. So not long after that, they call, they send us a message and they use the other podcaster's name by, or use his full name as well to us. He says, or they say, we believe that who you reference is, other podcaster. We cannot tell you his goal as it is something that we may speculate to be fame. Egress Industries does not think pointing fingers is enough to convince as anyone may do the same. Instead, we request that you consider that we have 
allegedly communicated at any moment during the day as we have pleased, have precisely recorded exact locations of anyone at all times, have conjured entire backgrounds, have interrupted a live recording of a broadcast to do nothing other than to alert our presence, have threatened men, have changed our ideolect, and have resorted to clearly automated messaging with marked numbers, yet strangely only regarding the specific podcaster and no other individual. Naturally, we oppose these claims between omnipotent third party or the podcaster distinctly embodying a cheat. We believe an educated guest will bring you to our conclusion. And then they ask what we believe. And I kind of give them the rundown. Like we're, we're in the camp to where we don't know what is true and what is not. And at this point, this is where they cut all communication with us. And they just sent us verbatim the second message they ever sent us, which was Egress Industries is in search of interesting occurrences to research and understand. We are just a curious team. And from there, no more communication whatsoever. They just cut us off right there. Wow. It almost feels like he stumbled upon, like, like I said earlier, this like sort of shadow operation, whether corporate or government but then like through publicizing it you know maybe yourself and this other podcaster it was like you guys created this sort of like citizens activism that they weren't expecting like because you know the whole operation needs to remain in the shadow all you need to do is shine a light on on it to threaten it right so they they saw this sort of threat and figured, hmm, how can we how can we deal with this? Maybe we'll turn them against each other and then opt out of communication. I mean, feels like it's right out of that playbook, but but wow, I mean, definitely not something to wade into if you're not prepared to you know lock up your your IP address and and take those precautions and whatnot. I mean, it definitely isn't something for the paranoid person to to get into. And and during that whole correspondence, this other podcaster started finding the flyers tacked to telephone poles and light poles around his city. He messaged me. He's like, are you, are you messing with us? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He's like, there's people posting pictures of the flyer on our town Facebook page. He said, they're all over the place. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And it was at that point that he backed out. He's like, I don't want anything else to do with this. Right. He's like whatever it is, is getting too close. I don't, I, I don't know the whole story on why he backed out. Our communication kind of lacked after that, but it was just like, I don't know. I still, I think about it every day. I'll still call the number to make sure that the, the voicemail is still up. Like it's, it just eats away at my brain. I just have to know what this was. Like if it was an ARG, an alternative reality game, where, where is the traces of it on the internet? There's always some kind of forum, people trying to figure out clues and like, like all sorts of that, but there's just literally nothing left on the internet. It's just, it's wild. I don't, I don't even know what to make of it at this point. Well, we even try getting a hold of them through a whole different phone now. And yeah. we, and they will, cause we have, I bought of another phone for, you know, hollow sky itself. And we've tried through there and gotten no response. Yeah. If it was, if it was something set up, like for a game or whatever, it's so, it's so elaborate to, you know, set up a whole phone line and then you have a whole like whole ass recording system and to respond to everybody right at midnight on the dot. seems like it takes a whole lot of uh, concentrated effort put out, 
you know, like the the end game seems to be something so much more than just somebody messing around. Right. Right. And for folks who may not be aware of ARGs, I mean, they don't necessarily have to exist through forums. I mean, we have examples of these sorts of things going back into like, you know, way in before the internet existed, you know, different groups of of people would get together and do these sort of proto ARGs. I guess the term didn't exist that way back then. But, you know, for those who, who aren't aware, you know, like the finders cult, I think some of the information that was learned through investigation into them, we found out that they were operating with this sort of loose network of players that would sort of follow these weird rules that the, you know, play caller would would send to them over sort of rudimentary version of the internet that most people didn't have at that time, unless they were, you know, like into computers and whatnot. This was, I believe in the early eighties, late seventies, but it, it certainly feels like, you know, something of that flavor. I mean, have you suspected if it could be a, an existing group, any candidates that fit the bill? Man, I have no idea. When it just it just dropped onto us out of nowhere. Like I honestly didn't expect to have any kind of interaction with it whatsoever when I called that number on our show. And once it started spiraling out of out from that, I didn't know what was going on. I still don't know what was going on. Like it, I don't even know. Like that's the best I got. I just I can't wrap it's my head. It's an inevitable. It's just a unimaginable amount of possibilities if you if you just keep ripping into it it's it for at least for me there's just not enough there it's like they gave us just enough to keep us blind and mm. curious right and that's just kind of how i feel about it you know and i don't know like it's just and we've and it's at that time too we were getting barraged on so many different fronts you know because we had the other podcaster we had the i was getting uh, text messages from a, a DC number that was, you know, they were threatening me over it. We had an account on Twitter starts telling us how close to the truth we are. And then we had another, and then they just posted a bunch of number strings and, and brainwave patterns. And then we had Steve found a Reddit comment saying how this was like, we were super close to finding out what was going on we just missed something and then it went on about how this was a test for us, like a loyalty test more or less. And it just like all of that compounded and it's just me and Steve because we we're trying to keep cards close to our chest because we don't want everybody to know every single angle because that kind of defeats the purpose. Then somebody could start pulling our tail and leading us away. So it, it was hard to manage all them different things all at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, it reminds me exactly of, you know, what we're finding, you know, not just in the Penny Royal, but in a lot of cases with, you know, synchro mysticism where you get into something and then the story finds a way of weaving itself into your life, you know, and for worse or for better, you know, you can interact with these incredibly strange groups of people or even entities. I mean, I don't know, man, the egress industries, I would want to be as far away from them as possible. 
based on, you know, just what you guys have said so far. I mean, if you try to look this thing up, it's, there is a company that comes up, but I'm going to just go ahead and guess that this is a different company. Yeah, we looked into it as well. Yeah, Yeah, egress.com. There's two that pull up and one is like some kind of computer tech company and the other one is like a, a window company, like they make windows and stuff. So I'm oh, pretty sure. We that... also had an emailer that was barraging us with stuff too at that time oh, yeah, through years. Like there, yeah, there was just so many different angles and it, you know, we, we narrowed out some of them. Like I found, we found out that the number texting me and threatening me was somebody close to home just messing with us. Yeah. But that took time to do, they you went, know. They went out of their way to create a VOIP with a Washington, D.C. number just to stir the pot. Which from what like everybody that we talked to, that actual number had ties to something. Everybody that we referenced said that this had something to do with some type of agency. And you're playing with the big boys, so you better watch out. And come to find out, it was somebody screwing with us. Yeah. Wow. And it, it kind of harkens back for me to a conversation I had with Nick Hinton about this sort of rando knots experience that he had. And there's a lot of it that he doesn't like to talk about on the record just because of the fact that rando knots is, you know, still a company and he's no longer associated with them in any way. But from what I've gathered, you know, in his personal life and, and in his, you know, private life, there's been some weird things that have happened that he just, you know, doesn't feel comfortable talking about on any podcast. And I think it's a result of, of this same sort of thing. You interact with these, what seem to be, you know, I don't know, like I said, kind of earlier companies, almost like they function like a company. They have use the rhetoric of a company in your case. Right. And, 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 they have this sort of weird quantum, uh, you know, sort of interaction going on where they're they're doing things that you might relegate to like an occult group rather than like an NGO or something to that effect. Well, it's kind of funny that you say, you know, you use you keep using that corporate angle because when you know, like I said, me and Steve went down a million different avenues. But it just so happened at the very time we're trying to like process this and possibly point a finger at somebody. It, it was like a synchronicity thing. Like all of a sudden, uh, Robert Bigelow jumps on to Joe Joe Rogan's podcast, starts talking about finding life after death and, and the consciousness mm. aspect of everything. And I'm like, dude, someone like that would have the resources to create something like this. Easy. Absolutely. I, and so my, my brain started running that angle. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, honestly, it comes from just the, the name industries. That's where my insinuation of some sort of corporate group comes from. But I had a conversation recently with Ryan Burns, who has some property over there by Skinwalker Ranch. And it's the same sort of thing, you know, as all the other cases I've mentioned previously, where, you know, all of these strange aspects intersect in one place albeit you know we haven't localized egress to any place other than the internet but it definitely feels like you know we're dealing with with a group that is playing with kind of like what i said before a quantum level i mean you talk about this uh, rift jewel 
anchor, first thing that popped in my head was the Philadelphia experiment, which I know you guys have covered. Last year, I took a trip down to Philadelphia and met with someone who's been heard on several different podcasts, Ross Ben, and he pointed out that on certain days, he's able to see the rift, as the exact word he used, over the harbor where the Philadelphia experiment took place. And he, you know, kind of gave us directions on how we would go about seeing it. But, you know, Philadelphia is a big bustling city and I don't have the patience to go (laughs) use Google Maps for anything other than to get the hell out of there. But, you know, it was a great time being there nonetheless, especially meeting him. And and yeah, I, I don't doubt that whether it be our government or these you know, big corporations, there's been some sort of meddling in the laws of, of physics, for lack of a better word. Oh, 100%. I agree fully because, like, you know, in reference to the confessional, the confessionals with Tony Merkel, I mean, he had the CEO of Randonautica on, and he more or less, like, admits <clears throat> to playing those games, the that the con the human consciousness is able to tap into this. Like, I don't remember how I word it. Some like quantum on the quantum level. And that's almost how the Ranonautica whole thing works because he's like, we're, we're talking to having scientists come in to help analyze all this data, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, he, he just, he's, he's telling everybody right there. Like, hey, like we are starting to meddle in this whole consciousness slash quantum realm. And I, my brain does not function on that level at all. I'm going to tell you that much right now. <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I definitely feel like uh, the mathematics side of it is a lot to understand. I can't sit here and tell you I'm an expert either, but it's definitely a weird, strange world. I mean... I just spoke with Tony. It's funny. I don't know if he heard ringing in his ear or something cuz he he just emailed me as we were having this conversation, but but yeah, <laughs> synchronicities. I, yeah, man. I know Tony is uh having that same feeling of wanting to get out in the field. He's planning all these different trips. He has a documentary coming out. I think it's already out by the time this will be out. But yeah, I I definitely want to get into that, but before we do, you know, someone who I've had on the show, you know, like Nick Hinton, I've talked to him off the record about some of the things he's experienced. And he's someone that you guys have covered on your show, Bledsoe Family. I, I'm talking about Ryan Bledsoe specifically. He's been a, a guest on my show twice. But when it comes to the Bledsoe case, I mean, there's definitely that same sort of energy of like, you know, at least from what he's expressed to me that there are some really strange cult interests in parts of our government. You know, for him, it was specifically like NASA and a couple other groups. The CIA is another one that he talked about. Uh, I definitely don't, you know, I say that word with my fingers crossed, but you know, it's, it's, it's weird to, you know, talk to these guys off the record and hear some of the things that they don't want to talk about, you know, being someone like myself who, hasn't quite brushed up against anything else like that. But what have you guys learned about the Bledsoe case? Oh man. Like I did a lot of research into that, in that case. And like, it was just 
hey, I'll just go out and like I believe Mr. Bloodsoe 100% has has had an experience without question. Like he, the way that man seems so genuine, so sweet, and he just doesn't seem like the type of person to bullshit you at all. And because, like I said, I spent well over four hours listening to them at that man talk. And I don't know, like me and Steve analyzed that, that case. So like as thoroughly as we could. And it's so weird because it starts off as what one would consider a typical alien abduction. You know, it's, it's like one oh one, right. in this textbook. And then it starts to evolve into something else. And Steve is the one that kind of pointed it out when you're going through Mr. Bloodsoe's regression. And I know regressions can be finicky. You know, if you, if you bait the witness, so to speak, it it can get a little wishy-washy, but it didn't seem like that was what was happening. And there's a part where he starts talking to these entities. And I think he, as long as we read it right and analyzed it right, it almost seems like he may have been confused on the angle of these entities because the way Steve read it and then explain it back to me, I'm like, shit, that makes sense. It was almost like they were saying we are God. And it kind of throws you for a loop because I know like Mr. Bledsoe is utterly convinced that this is a profound religion, at least from what I have gathered, it seems like he, this is like a religious experience for him. And he believes that it's all 100% positive. And I hope, I pray that it is. I hope that, you know, kind of our conclusion is wrong, but it's almost like you have that feeling in the back of your head too, that these things could be manipulating people into thinking there's something they're not right. Right. That's me and Steve's taken. It's no personal shots in any which direction. It just like from the evidence. And obviously there's so much more to that story that me and Steve are even privy to. So we can only make our assumptions from the information we have. Right. And I don't know, man, like the more me and Steve started throwing that around and explaining it back and forth to each other, the more we're both kind of on this page of like, man, like what if there's something more to this? And then ironically enough, here we are diving into the possibility of ethereal beings, uh, celestial beings. And what starts happening? A bunch of really weird shit around me and Steve's house. (laughs) With the possibility of, some type of entity. Wow. <laughs> so, because this is kind of what, why I brought this up, because it's a big question that Ryan and I have gotten into. And, you know, I, in all honesty, my memory isn't the best when it comes to some of the podcast conversations I've had for whatever reason. But I don't think Ryan and I have ever gotten into his father's story really in depth other than like his experience of it. Cause I feel like Ryan kind of is like, well, that's my dad's story to tell. So I've only heard the whole Bledsoe case from Chris's perspective through, you know, that one podcast appearance that I've heard him on, on the higher side chats. I don't think there are many others out there, but I, I don't have a, a bone in the, you know, in any debate about it other than just 
you know, being Ryan's buddy, but I definitely feel like, you know, these kind of experiences definitely they get a religious coloring to it. That's the part where it's like, you know, I I don't personally always see things that way. You know, everybody's inclined to see things through their own prism, but Absolutely. What what I see in the Bledsoe case, what I actually, you know, you see this being talked about a lot on podcasts, I'm guilty of it, is the question of like, are these beings flesh and blood physical creatures like we were kind of led to believe from a lot of the earlier sort of UFO lore or are they purely interdimensional, you know? Are they sort of, you know, like angels or fairies, like guys like Joshua Cutchin argue, you know? What What are your guys' thoughts on that? We literally just, like, we recorded a slight episode before this, and we borderline, like, had the exact same conversation. <laughs> I was dealing with a, a slightly different experience, but, I mean, I think this is more up, Steve. Like, you're going to be better at explaining this. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of in my own camp here. I I feel like a lot a lot of what we experience as por- or paranormal is probably some sort of of interdimensional interdimensional crossover like a like a thinning of the veil. I don't I don't know that they're not necessarily flesh and blood creatures, but I don't I don't think they're of this this plane personally. Like I thought, taking on like the blood co- the blood so encounter and how Kyle put it out to me, like it's almost like these beings were taking Mister Bledsoe's beliefs and kind of like using them to their advantage, and it it got me on this long philosophical like train of thought. Like we're sitting here as humans on the planet, right? And we're we have so many religious people that that turn to to prayer and stuff, and they're just they're just pushing their these thoughts, these hopes, these dreams, these fears, and everything. They're putting them out in 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 prayer, thought form, and just sending them out into the ether, out up and up into the sky, and hoping hoping that they get to who they're intended to get to. But what if what if these other beings are just intercepting them, and then they know all of our thoughts, all of our hopes, all of our dreams, all of our fears because we're putting them out there. Like, I think it was on Penny Royal. They were interviewing somebody, and he said he said like, it's like talking into a tin can. There's a wire, there's a rope connected to it, but we don't know who's on the other end of the rope. <laughs> Yeah, man. And that that, feedback loop that's created through, you know, picking up the tin can, you know, someone else is there to answer it on the other end. Yeah. And it just, it, I just, I don't know, man. I just don't feel like, I don't feel like their intentions are that good personally, Mm. but I just, I don't know. It's, it's a wild ride. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it is. I have heard that that expressed you know and I I think I think knowing Ryan he's definitely quick to say like it's all love and light and it's good he definitely has you know his own story to tell so I'm not going to speak for him but but definitely you know you can never trust these entities fully I mean I'm at least in that sort of opinion even though I've never had any experiences that really stand out, I don't think I've ever encountered 
an entity. I've encountered people that seem like they're possessed, but <laughs> whether that was through an entity or through drugs or whatever, you know, I can't be sure. But, you know, as far as entities are concerned, it seems like this light being, you know, which identifies itself as Hathor, by the way, which I don't, I mean, that might frighten some people, might really, you know, other people might be like, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, it's it's one of these things where we see it happening over and over and over throughout humanity's recorded history, these encounters with the other side. And it seems like for whatever reason, especially in the Bledsoe case and, and with Egress Industries as well, these groups are interested in intervening or being a part of these sort of liminal paranormal phenomena when they happen. I mean, obviously the whole X-Files show kind of plays at that, but I do think there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, absolutely. I just, the more I look into these, these encounters and these like cases with these beings, man, I just, I, I was talking to Kyle off the record about it, but like, I almost feel like our consciousness as human beings is set into place as some sort of defense mechanism to keep us, you know, blissfully unaware of what is going on outside of our realms of consciousness. And when we go, you know, messing with that, meditating or doing hallucinogenic drugs and stuff like that, or astral projection, I feel like we open those barriers of the consciousness and we we make it out into the the ether where all these other beings are and all the our intentions or, or whatever just going out there and exploring seeing what's out there but i feel like these these beings sometimes take notice and where we open a door as easy as it was for us to go out it is just as easy for something else to come back in and that's that's where things start getting cloudy and then like you essentially start to notice more and more and they kind of almost like they they attach to people who have expanded that consciousness like from what i've seen it's just it's bizarre right right you're you're almost inviting it to happen i mean it, it kind of goes into something you guys put in the notes which I think should be preliminary knowledge to anybody. I mean, usually people are too frightened to venture in this realm, but it seems fashionable now, but you have to be able to protect yourself. I think in the past, you know, there'd be like, I don't know, a circle of salt before somebody would do some sort of incantation or whatnot. As I'm saying that, somebody's screaming to a sports game above me, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> incant, you know, some some sort of incantation is going on there i'm sure but you know when it comes to protecting yourselves you guys mentioned these sort of weird things started happening around your own houses after you entertained the idea what have you learned or or what advice can you give as far as protection from these sorts of you know more malignant experiences well i've i threw it out into the ether that i'm looking for protection because but only because Steve wants to visit this cemetery nearby and it's called cemetery X and it's supposed to be a pretty nasty place. And I got little ones at home and a wife and I'm like, you know what? I need to start figuring out 
how to do this stuff because I'm not trying to take anything home to the family. So I, I put the word out and we did, man, we got so, so much feedback from so many different people, like people, like Steve was reading one to me and he's like, how is this even real life right now? Like, why are these people trying to talk to us? Like they, it's just so bizarre. And, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to be on this, this path of like, listen, you can, you can create your own sigils. A lot of it, ha- of every bit of it has to do with your intent, your intent behind it. That is 99% of what is going to keep you safe. And you have to believe like what you put your intent to say, you make a, a sigil like, this is my protection sigil. You have, you, you have to believe that that is going to protect you. Like you have to be aware of that, that you're putting, you know, your intention into it and you fully 100% believe it no matter what. Well, which is awesome. You know, we had a lot of people and it starts to make sense. The more you talk to people, you're like, okay, I can fall behind this way of thinking. And then all now the, the beings that were showing up, at least, you know, this is what, how I'm going to describe them came strictly after we started talking about blood. So, and dude, <laughs> like it, it's just, it's just one of them things that just doesn't sound real. Like I talked to Steve I, I talked to him off the record and I'll just pour everything out there because I know he, he doesn't think that I'm nuts, but like I, we started having, or no, Steve texted me and said, yo dude, my kid had, or apparently seen an entity in the doorway while he was here. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's strange. You know, whatever that's, that's, that's bizarre. But Steve has, a recurring, a residual entity that kind of moves throughout his house. So my brain automatically kind of correlates it to it. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, the next night, my son sees someone's face in the doorway of his room. So I text Steve and I'm like, how, how weird is that dude? Like, that's just weird because at that time I didn't tell my wife about what Steve texted me. I told no one. And then I tell my wife about it and she's like, Oh, that's great. You know, that's just lovely. And I'm like, all right, like, this is just bizarre. So I start to like, my son goes through this, this bout of being scared and I'm not, I'm not a crazy religious person, right? Like, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm at on the spectrum. I'll just go out there and say, (laughs) I 100% believe that there is a greater force out there than us, you know? And I, I believe that we go somewhere. I just, I'm not, I don't know where, man, I really don't. And so I'm talking to my son and he's six. Well, he already knows about God and whatnot. And so I try to like level with him. I'm like, all right, dude, you remember how you brought up God a while back? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, do you know who his son is? He goes, no. So I tell him, you know, well, Jesus, you know, Jesus Christ is his son. And you talk to a lot of people in the paranormal world, like Jesus in the name of Jesus is like a a buckshot to the paranormal. Like it is, it's almost a fail safe for a lot of people, even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ and his, his power, like it's almost like this buckshot protection. It it just, it's a work all to everything. So I'm just trying to rational with him. I'm like, listen, man, you see weird shit. 
you say in the name in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, get out of my, you know, leave whatever. And I'm I'm doing that, and I'm getting this just bizarre head to toe feeling, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And while I'm explaining that to my son, I turn around and his bedroom door is closed. And I'm like, okay, awesome. This is great. So I open this door, you know, and it's not long after that he goes to sleep. Well, the next day, me and the family are out shopping, getting groceries and whatnot. And we're checking out. And this lady, this lady stops us. Never seen her before in my life, elderly woman. And she just starts telling us how awesome we are, me and my wife and my family and and how special we are and this, that, and the other. And what does she do? And keep in mind, I explained that to my son. I have put out into the ether. I'm looking for protection. Well, this lady hands me four of these little rosary rings. And she's like, here, here's one for each of you. And I'm like... (laughs) Okay, you know, it, it may be going out on a limb here, thinking that this has ties to it. But nevertheless, the timing of that, that was just very interesting, to say the least. And then you fast forward, I don't know, a couple more days, maybe a week, and you and my wife have those terrifying dreams slash maybe not dreams, you know, and... And then the very next day, me and my wife are driving home and it's just full cloud coverage in the sky. It looks like it's going to rain, but there's this one giant hole in the sky and these clouds are just rolling. Like they look like mountains, like a waterfall's coming. It just looks beautiful. I told my wife, I go, that looks biblical. And I, I swear, I swear it a literal two, there was two thin clouds that formed a cross in the middle of it. And then as my wife, my wife's trying to take pictures of it and it's not showing up on her phone and then it dissipates and goes away. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do we just see? Like, am, am I just, am I just making, like, am I, am, am I so enthralled in this story at this point that I'm seeing things that aren't there? Or is there is something out there going, Hey man, I hear you. I got you. I'm going to protect you. Like you're asking for my help. I'm going to give you my help. Undoubtedly. Because yeah, no, I'm with that. I, I have had very similar experiences, but I, I wonder if maybe the phone, cause I, I hear this a lot with this kind of, with these strange experiences, the phone seems to be like the welcome notice for whatever it is that's strange to leave. <laughs> yeah. And Steve, I don't know if you want to get fully into it, but tell him about your experience. That was shit was terrifying. Yeah. So not long after my son. Which to be the day before I saw the cross. Yeah. Not, not long after my son had the experience with the, with seeing whatever this entity was in the door. First things first, I, I randomly suffer from sleep paralysis. Nothing, nothing really vivid, just not being able to move the overwhelming sense of fear and I've never seen anything, never, never really had any kind of experience with an entity when I had sleep paralysis. But that night I'm asleep and I'm attributing this to a dream. My girlfriend wakes up and she's like, do you see, do you see him in the door? And 
I am asleep with my back to the door and our doorway from our bedroom leads into our kitchen. And we have a little light on over our sink, which illuminates the kitchen for our dog and our cat to go and do whatever they need to do. And as I roll over to look out the door, sleep paralysis hits. Boom. I can't move. Automatically terrified, just absolute fear. And as I'm looking at the door that's illuminated from the light, this huge human human shape entity essentially pokes its head through the door. And it's it's got to be massively tall because it bends down to look through the door. There's no facial features. It's just vaguely human. I have a head, shoulders, long spindly arms, and it is completely, completely black. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm to the point in my sleep paralysis where I can kind of wake myself up after a little bit. So I'm trying to wake myself up. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And it's right before I snap myself out of it, out of it, this being pops its head back into my kitchen. So I'm like, all right, somebody's in the house. I get up, go in the kitchen. I keep seeing it out of my peripheral, but I can't get an eye on it. And about that time I hear my girlfriend saying it's back in the bedroom. So I beeline back into the bedroom and she's like, it went into the, it went into your recording room, which is right across the hallway from my bedroom. And I'm like, all right, I'm, if it's in there, I'm going to go in after it. And that, at that point, she stops me and she says, you need to be careful. It keeps changing its name. It keeps changing its name. And at that point, I wake up like I'd woken up from my sleep paralysis, just absolutely terrified. My heart racing and I'm sweaty. And I'm just like, what in the hell had went on? And I didn't, I didn't say anything to Kyle because I knew he had things going on with his his kids and his kids are a lot younger than mine. And I wasn't going to try to like spark any fear in him. So I just kind of sat on it for a while. And then lo and behold, not long after that, Kyle messages me and he's like, you got any weird, anything weird going on? Like, has anything bizarre been happening? I'm like, actually, since you brought it up. And then I told him that. And then he, his wife on the exact same night that I had my entity had an experience as well. Similar in a way to that, but not you know she had this what she said almost says the exact same thing like i'm pretty sure it was a dream but it felt real but hers was a little bit a little bit different she's like basically you know current time but she's like there was another woman in our bed and you're, you know, <laughs> you're kind of getting excited about it, egging it on your but, dreams way cooler than mine right <laughs> And she, but she's like, no, like she was terrified, even though I was egging it on. She's like, Kyle, it, she's not what you think she is. She's not what you think she is. And then I don't remember something ended up happening. And it was like that entity went away. I might've been that she like woke up or something to that effect. And then she remembers again. She's like, I remember something small crawling up the bed and then laying right over top of me and trying to kiss me. And it had the look of our two-year-old daughter, but it wasn't quite exact like it. And then Sean was like, and then after that, I just shot, like I shot up, I was awake. And I told Steve that, and that's when Steve was like, okay, well, here's my story. And I'm like, what are the odds that on the exact same nights you guys have the most terrifying dream, like dream, quote unquote dreams that you've ever had? Like, what, what? sure. <laughs> it could be, it could just be coincidence, right? Yeah. could be. 
No, I mean, wow. Can I ask like when, how recently this was? Because at the beginning of March, my girlfriend and I were having a lot of dreams and she chalked it up to it being Pisces season, the particularly dreamiest sign, I guess. But what, how recently was it? Don't tell me it was at the beginning yeah. of March. Yeah, it was the last week of February. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Boom. <laughs> Add it to the list. This is wild. Is that? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. We, I do have it. I used to say this is why we need a bell, but now we have a bell. Synchronicity. <laughs> there it is. I should have used it for the, is other, weird. the other ones, but wow. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, you know. I can't say I've had any of those experiences, but I don't blame you for, for reaching out to higher power because that kind of stuff, especially in the home, especially with little ones, you know, it's, it's spooky stuff. I mean, I had a, I had a um, really weird feeling, you know, right now I'm staying at my grandparents' house and uh, just my grandmother is alive. My grandfather passed away a couple of years ago and I had this interview with Amy Belair who uh, for all intensive purposes, is a psychic. I don't know if she would label herself as that. She's more, she calls herself like an Akashic reader, but she told me, you know, after the podcast that she felt like this presence and she basically described, you know, the features of the living room above me and and said that there's like this presence, this male presence there. And I'm like, oh, wow. So I don't know if now because of that, I'm more spooked Every time I go up there at night, but, but I definitely, I definitely think there's a certain aspect of, of like, uh, peace that you can bring to mind when you realize that, you know, you are safe, you are protected, you're in a safe universe and, and there are, you know, these dark entities out there, but they can't overcome that higher power, you know, whatever that means for you. So Kyle, it's really cool to hear you share that earlier because I think that's, you know, a big part of what we try to focus on on the show as much as we want to get into all the weird, strange, crazy stuff. It's also about, you know, the solutions, you know, because if our families <clears throat> do think we're crazy and mine certainly does, it helps if you have your life together, right, to prove your case. So I think these right. are, are one of many ways that you can protect yourself and I think a lot of people would argue probably the most important way to protect yourself and I think a lot of people are just so into Jesus Christ that it maybe turns a lot of people off who are in the occult community but then you have this sort of other section of like and the person that comes to mind is truth seeker of like you know really devout Christians who are also really into the paranormal and they tend to call everything demonic, which I don't totally have any problems with that. I think that's, you know, something in and of itself, you know, it, it exists within a cultural narrative, doesn't limit it to that cultural narrative. But I think that, you know, it's absolutely, you know, ingrained within every human culture, no matter where you look, this sort of relationship with the paranormal, with the strange. I mean, you guys know it all too well you've covered so many awesome topics on your show i definitely if you guys have time i'd love to get into a few of those topics you know just maybe briefly to give people you know some teasers if they've never heard hollow sky before give them a, a nice 
warm up so they can jump right over and and check out the hundred or hundred and fifty episodes you have so far. Unless there's anything on the table that you wanted to to cover before we got you know totally changed subjects. No, I'm good with it, Steve. Yeah, I'm square. We start off every episode with a listener experience. We have all sorts of emails and people call in and people message us on all social medias. And we like to pick one every episode to share and talk about and kind of just brainstorm around. And then we each dive into uh, a specific topic that we've researched uh, for the week and like, when Kyle will bring a topic, I will, I'll be on mostly unaware of it. That way I can kind of get some honest reactions and interaction based on what he's bringing to the table. And we talk, we talk about everything from cryptids to alien abductions to conspiracies. You, you name it, if we find it and we will research it and it just kind of spirals from there. I love it. I definitely have some that are in mind that I want to say probably via email as I'm going through and making sure you haven't covered it already, but some that come to mind that aren't too old, I want to try to cover some that maybe are a little closer in your immediate recall, but the Brotherhood of the Snake, that comes up. At first, I'm like, oh, did they have the dudes from the Brotherhood of the Serpent podcast on their show? And then I'm like, no, they're covering Brotherhood of the Snake, The Return of the Serpent Wisdom is a book that I have. I don't know why I put those two titles together like that but I recently found this book and just was like totally fascinated by it turns out my co-host on a different show Mike Juan has the same book he's read it four times different synchronicity wow. for a different story but <laughs> but you guys have covered Brotherhood of the Snake what have you learned about that in your research man it's like we we kept stumbling onto that 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 brotherhood of the snake reference and we we avoided it for a while because it seems like the topic is massive like it just has this giant outreach to it but i got tired of not doing it so we just i i'm like this you know what this is an ever-expanding episode if we end up stumbling onto more information we're going to keep running it but it seems like the general direction at least from what i put together is that there was some type of entity that wanted to enlighten the human race to, to bring our consciousness to the next level and more or less like it got infiltrated and perverted and just to, to basically more or less enslave us on a spiritual, a consciousness level to keep us in line. That way, you know, the, the forces that be can use us as slaves, feed off of us and whatever they, they decide to do. And it, it is a fascinating story, and you can apply that to a lot of things that currently go on, honestly. Well, one thing that comes to mind is the whole topic of, like, reptilians and whatnot. I mean, I know that topic is interlaced. I mean, you can interpret or speculate that the Brotherhood of the Serpent was actually reptilian. I know it doesn't totally uh, pan out that way, depending on where you're getting your sources, but there are very well-known conspiracy theorists who have made their whole career talking about, you know, these reptilians. And I think you guys covered them in the Van Meter visit. Is is there anything that connects there? I mean, 
we don't have to totally digress from the Brotherhood of the Serpents into a totally different topic, but I do think they kind of connect. What do you think? Yeah, the Van Meter Visitor, that was a wild one where essentially two... Well, reptilians, for lack of a better term. Yeah, possibly dinosaur. I mean, it's a weird one. That's all Steve. He found that one. Yeah, where was that? Van Meter, uh, was that in Iowa? I don't remember where that was. I think so. But yeah, they they kept having all these sightings of these two, well, was it two? Yeah, two of these winged reptilian creatures around, around the town. They weren't really being malevolent or anything people just kept noticing them members of the local law enforcement started noticing them and they did what any red-blooded american community would do and put a posse together and went after (laughs) these two these two beings which have essentially kind of ran off into this cave in the local mines and they ended up closing this mine off and encapsulating these creatures but before they did they also saw that it had a, a smaller one with it which we just marked off as being an offspring but they talked about how it had all sorts of reptilian features. It had wings. They kind of attributed almost like a pterodactyl sort of, but not quite. I know a Van Meter has a, like the Van Meter visitor fest every year, I believe. And you can go and although the, the mine is on private property, the caverns on private property, you can go by and see the supposed location where they close these bings off in this. Damn. Wow. Yeah, and I am realizing now, looking back at the episode description, that I think the cloaked lizard man is where I got that confused because seems like somebody submitted a different story uh, about cloaked <laughs> lizard man, but my mistake yeah. for for only reading. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, it's 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 all good. Like I like I said, we have people call in and we feature, like we have all kinds of stuff that people call in. Like the the weirder the better. The more off the wall with it, the more we just take it in and just eat it up. It's, it's a wild world out there. <laughs> Are there any, yeah, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying that it's, it's awesome that people take the time to submit them stories. And we've, like Steve said, we've had so many just really good ones that, I mean, some of them, we just don't even know where to go. Like as, as we're not, <laughs> Me and Steve are not proficient in like any topic where we are just like a buckshot. Like we just, we just cover, just look at everything, you know? So it's, it's people, the man, some of the stories we've had are just amazing and they just keep coming. They just keep on coming. Are there any that stand out that maybe uh, didn't make it to like an episode, a full episode that you guys like, you know, have only mentioned or, or even an episode that you have done that is just like, you know, it's great, but there's nothing more to add. You kind of covered all of it. Some like your your favorite, maybe a top five or something. Oh, right now I need, I got to schedule it yet, but it was just, it's, it was awesome because we have the holophone, right? You can call, you can text, you can do whatever you want. And this guy, he starts texting me and he's like, man, I got some experience. So I talked to you guys about, you know, and he gave me like a brief rundown of everything. And he's like, yeah, I got like shadow people, uh, pot, like the, there's an experience I have with possession and that's probably like the, the cream of the crop story there. Oh, and by the way, I also have a story. It's not mine. It's my buddy's, but he got T-boned by a UFO. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Like, like you should have led with that one. Cause that is, that's insane. I'm like, yes, we have to talk about this. We have to. Wow. 
Yeah. So, and, and man, we've gotten bizarre cryptic emails. And unfortunately, a couple of them haven't. They ha- we're still waiting. Fingers crossed. We're still waiting. But one of them, I'm not going to go too much into detail because this guy is super on the fence. But he, like, it was a title that I caught. And it said, Monsters are real. And I'm like, all right. Like, I thought maybe this was somebody trying to like come on the show with a book or, or whatever. And I get to reading it and you can tell that this is an old timer. He'd been around for a minute and he lives in the middle of nowhere, apparently with no service at all. And he only comes to town once in a while, but he's like, it was like monsters are real. That's what I remember reading in my, it was like a military briefing. And I'm like, what? I'm like, we get, we got to have this guy on. We had another one who claimed that he was part of a unit. They went down to South America, I believe, looking for uh, a special cloaking technology. And he ends up running into what could only be described as grays, but the tall ones. And they had the ability to cloak themselves. And I tried getting him on and he was like, do you guys have a secure line? And I was like, yeah. And I haven't heard from him since, but he said he was still active duty too. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I've heard uh, several stories out of South America that are definitely a big, big candidate for high strangeness. It's, it's interesting. I ought to put you in touch with, guy if you're not familiar with him already his name is or he goes by Chaz of the dead and he's taken several trips down to south america not only investigating a group of sort of alien or extra society what's the breakaway civilization type folks and also nazi bases but yeah very interesting things going on are there any any places that you guys are are planning on doing field research in any faraway destinations, maybe somewhere close to home. What what are your plans for your field research? That's sounds like it's a good time to do it. I mean, it's getting warmer up where I live. I'm sure it's a lot warmer down there. Yeah. We've got an invitation to maybe get out to Waverly Hills this summer. We're still uh, trying to work out the kinks in that and go and do an overnight there. We want to get out to this local cemetery. Kyle mentioned it before cemetery X. There's a, it's, it's kind of a hush hush, but there's been a whole lot of absolutely crazy experiences out that way. Terrifying. And we're kind of just dipping our toes in it at the moment. We're getting all of our equipment together and, Hoping it'll take off and see what see what kind of weirdness we can get ourselves into. Right on. Yeah, the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I noticed you guys did an episode on that. We have several weird sanatoriums in my state. One of them is not too far from a very famous uh, school shooting. And it's strange that there's like, you know, they took this, you know, sanatorium insane asylum and turned it into basically like an athletic structure that's kind of like you know they they do like sports games inside of certain buildings and then there are other buildings that are just closed off and you know they're, they're you could walk around them but you can't go inside of them and i just knowing what we know i would not bring my kids <laughs> there to do anything when i do have kids you know like i'm staying far away from there i'm not walking my dog there none of that <laughs> absolutely probably a bad idea man 
Well, this has yeah. been awesome, dudes. Just learning about what you guys have been researching. It sounds like you're you're parsing through a, a whole lot of stuff. I'm excited to check out the Hol- Hollow Sky podcast. I keep wanting to say Holoski because there's somebody that I grew up with with that as a last name, but the Hollow Sky <laughs> podcast <laughs> with Kyle and Steve. You guys rule. I appreciate you guys sharing your story with me, sharing your sort of dabblings with egress industries. Kind of reminds me of this story that I heard on an old podcast about the Lake City sleeping pills. Have you guys ever come across that story? Yeah, I've I've heard heard about it definitely. Yeah, that's another one of those like shadowy. Seems like an ARG. Seems like a they're up to no good type of thing. But before we go, let everybody know where they can follow up with you, how they can get in touch with you, and all that good stuff. Because I definitely think our audience are overlapping for sure. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, you can check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, just search up Hollow Sky Podcast, H-O-L-O-S-K-Y. We're also on pretty much all podcast platforms. Search it up there as well. And you can find us. We have an email if anybody has any encounters they'd like to share. It's Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone line that you can call and leave us a voicemail. And that is 618-556-0837. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from anybody that's had anything weird. Right on. Well, Steve, Kyle, it's been a pleasure meeting you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for being here and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. You know me, your host, Mystic Mark. And be sure to follow up with the Hollow Sky podcast. I was very impressed. I will be tuning in to more episodes. As a matter of fact, I'm listening to an episode right now called Indian Lake Project. It's been several weeks since I talked to Kyle and Steve. Since then, they have joined up on Alt Media United, the podcast cooperative that I have founded. And, uh, I gotta apologize if you guys hear a little uh, difference in the sound quality. I'm still getting uh, the final tweaks down on the audio. Um, If you didn't hear, I moved recently, so I'm no longer broadcasting from the basement. Which means there's an echo in the room and cars driving by and all sorts of other things to deal with but we no longer have that loud noisy clanky furnace jumping on and off throughout the episode so if you have a keen ear and you heard that in the past don't worry that is gone um and yeah this place other than the car noises which are pretty uh, unnoticeable surprisingly i'm very 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 happy about that Uh, it's a very quiet place Our neighbors are very quiet, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed that we have luck in that realm, but uh, like I said, still haven't quite tweaked the room noise, so if you notice any difference right now, I apologize for that. I'll have that tweaked up, but no need to worry about that with the Hollow Sky podcast. These dudes are pros. Like I said, they've covered a whole bunch of great subjects. Lots of stuff that I'm interested in. Listening to the Indian Lake Project episode right now. 
but so much more. I mean, we barely touched on the Mandela effect aspects of the Eagers Industries thing, and they've covered that topic, uh, and not just Mandela effect, but just time, you know, in a way that I don't see any other paranormal podcast tackling the subject, which is really, really cool. Uh, I think this is really one of the more fascinating angles of these mysteries, how it pertains to consciousness and our reality and things of that nature. Um, Big shout out to everybody who's been supporting us. I recently moved into a new apartment and also my transmission blew out on my vehicle. So kind of a tough going here. So big shout out to everybody who's been helping out on PayPal. We could use as much help as we can get over here, uh, me being me. Uh, this podcast is run, hosted, operated, produced, edited, and all the rest by me. I make the merch in the merch store. Shout out to at Bagstraws. He designed a logo for us. Shout out to the homie Rockuous Mikey who created that awesome logo artwork that we've used as the main logo for the show recently i had a guy who works for an ad company tell me that it wasn't the best logo and i wholeheartedly respectfully disagree so you could take that and shove it respectfully sir we do not need your advice I don't know if I really need any advertisements, but if you have a small business or any sort of business and you're willing to sponsor the show, hit me up. I would be more than happy to shout out your small business during this outro segment. Um, as of right now, we can give a big old shout out to L from uh, One Thumb L. She makes some really awesome essential oils. Right now, I have one on called Mystical Feather that she gave me on our walking tour. I don't know if you heard, I mentioned it on a couple different outros, but we did a Skull and Bones walking tour in the New Haven area. If you're local to the area, join up on Telegram and stay up to date. Telegram is the place where I put most of the information for the podcast been pretty busy these past few days so i haven't been very active but now that i have this office set up the way it is i'm very happy very impressed i hope you guys are too so stay tuned for that there's going to be a lot going on with the podcast in this next month a lot of changes a lot of good things in store and uh yeah big shout out to everybody who's been helping support the show Uh, via Patreon, via Rockfin, and via these one-time donations. Those have really helped out big time. I got to give a big shout out to my homie Micah out there in Montana. He's a real G helping out on the podcast. Shout out to you, Micah. I really appreciate it. And everyone else who's sent a one-time PayPal donation. I will address all of that stuff in full on Wednesday's episode apologize to the patrons uh, i haven't been doing the early releases like i was a couple weeks ago that will change real soon tomorrow i'm going to be recording the intros and outros for the next two episodes so you'll get those right away uh, but if you want a really awesome interview with michael hoffman 
author of Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare, Twilight Language, and many other great books as well. Um, go over to the Rockfin. We got the video episode up there right now. And, uh, you know, honestly, Patreon folks, I really got a big, you know, a big worry about posting stuff to YouTube. And if you haven't noticed, the YouTube stuff, you know, goes to the Patreon, the Patreon, the YouTube, vice versa. They're very linked. They're very connected. So if I want to keep this awesome Patreon audience uh, until we're able to transition to a more secure uh, pay server, then I'm going to have to be careful what I post there. And unfortunately, they even look at the unlisted stuff because I had a David Icke episode unlisted that got taken down even though <laughs> even though only a few people viewed it so it's really weird and you know for what it's worth when I do look at the view count for the unlisted videos that go only to Patreon getting a couple views there so uh, if you do really love the video versions of the show just get in touch with me and if you're a patron I think I may have a way that you can check them out with uh, Dropbox. We'll just do like a Dropbox thing and I'll just send you whatever videos you want um, to see. I know that's probably complicated, but you know what? Now that I think about it, I could just put the link on Patreon. You just download it. So there you go. And then can go and put it uh, on your computer so no matter what happens with the tech censorship you'll have it but speaking of tech censorship we're not worried we got the podcast 2.0 index securing the podcast and making sure that what happened to Alex Jones can't happen to us it can't happen to really any podcast thanks to Adam Curry Big shout out to No Agenda. And of course, big shout out to the Higher Side Chats for keeping me informed. That is one of my favorite podcasts next to the legendary Tinfoil Hat. Big shout out to Tinfoil Hat. They just had a pretty fucking hilarious episode with Eddie Bravo, Hibbler, and uh, Alex Jones. So, I, I mean... I'm assuming you've already checked that out, but I had a blast listening to that. But anyway, Sam doesn't need my promotion. I need his, quite honestly. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll be appearing on that show very soon or in the next few months. I have a plan in store. We'll see. Uh, also, in more recent news, I'm going to be hanging out with Alex Stein of the conspiracy castle podcast if all goes well this week apparently he's in new york city i'm gonna make my way down there and hang out with my buddy alex stein from the conspiracy castle podcast so who knows maybe you'll get an in-person podcast with the legend alex stein i bring some recording equipment and we'll see what we can do it might not be the same quality as what you're getting right now It'll be dope. Who knows? I shouldn't get ahead of myself there. Anyways, if you want to see more video content, if you want to see more interesting content, definitely support us on the bonus content areas. We got Patreon, we got Rockfin, 
We got the Kofi store selling all kinds of stuff, merch, t-shirts. Those are all ways to support the show, put money in the podcast bank so I can go and invest in more tools and other things to use to improve this show. But anyways, that does it for this Monday episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Big shout out to the Hollow Sky podcast for joining me on this episode. Be sure to follow them. You can check them out at altmediaunited.com slash hollow sky, as well as almost 100 other podcasts and growing. If you have a podcast of your own, don't hesitate. Get in touch with me and we'll have you a part of the cooperative as well. That's all for now, folks. Thank you for listening and have a great moment wherever you are in the now.